Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into female actors in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We have reached kind of a milestone uh, recently on the spreadsheet as far as um, female actors are concerned with uh, the fantastic and uh, recently, you know, young, you know, having just appeared in, in a couple of new films, uh, those being Call Me By Your Name and Lover for a Day. Uh, that's Esther Garrel. She has crossed the milestone of 1,800 actors that are female on my spreadsheet. That's a lot. Uh, un, uh, uh, although, uh, it is still about 700 less than the number of male actors on the spreadsheet, uh, which is currently sitting at 2,583. So, 783 less, almost 800 less. And I'd like to say that that number is closing, that that gap is, is shrinking, but it's not really. Uh, it, it's a smaller percentage difference um, when comparing the numbers because the numbers are just both growing at such quick rates. Just males, the male side is growing faster, uh, unfortunately. And I, I was, I've been thinking about this because it's been a long time coming. I've been kind of waiting for either female or male actors to reach another um, hundred uh, mark to acknowledge it and um, make note of it and, and talk about it and, and compare it from a statistical basis. And female actors finally did that today. So I'm recording this episode now. And I was trying to think, like, how do I acknowledge this? What's the best way to talk about it? You know, I, I've thought that, you know, every time the male or female side reaches a new hundred, I could just, you know, do the top, I could do just now the top 18 female actors on my spreadsheet. And then next time I would do the top 19, top 20, top 21, etc., or 26, 27, 28 for males. And that's an interesting concept, but it, it plays too similarly to the month-born actors episodes that I do. So I didn't want as much crossover as all that. And what I ended up kind of settling on is something a little bit different. And uh, I took some notes, so I've got some numbers here uh, that I've already taken down, so I don't have to waste the time ob obtaining them while, while recording. But I'm comparing uh, the average ratings and average values and average numbers uh, on various statistics that are applied across all actors to how they fare against the specific genders. So what I, what I mean by that, and I'll, I'll use the first number as an example, um, there are 4,383 actors on my spreadsheet right now, which means that the average rank of all of these actors is 
4,300. No, it doesn't. It means the average rank is 2,192. That's the average. Um, it's just, you know, cut in half, round it up. So what then is the average rank of the female actors taken separately? And uh, that number is 2,498.2. So that's a difference of about 300 spots. Uh, so on, so the average female is ranked 300 spots lower than the average actor. Huh. Um, what about men? How do the men men fit into this? Well, the average male is ranked 1,976.2. Uh, so that's just uh, just a little more than 200 spots uh, lower than the overall ranking by, on average. So that's a difference between females and males of 522 spots on average. So you know if you name a name, if you na you take any two random male and female actors um, on average, the female is going to be ranked 522 spots lower than the male. I don't know if that's exactly how it works out, but that's the way I'm interpreting this, so we'll see. Uh, it's a lot. It's a huge gap. And it's, it's, it's frightening in that, set, in that way. Um, and, you know, I, I, I could posit and, and hypothesize as to why I think that that is. But I think the numbers, as we go through them, will slowly paint a clearer picture as to what is causing that disparity. So that's how this is going to work. Um, I got some stats. Let's do some stats. So the next category is count. And that is the number of films that I have credited these people for that I've seen. Um, so the average actor on my spreadsheet has been in 8.06 films. So about eight films, uh, which is actually increasing constantly uh, you know just it's most films don't add new people to the spreadsheet and that thus the average number of films a person is in is steadily increasing uh, it wasn't long ago that that number was closer to six uh, it then rose to seven now it's at low, now it's higher than eight but for women Women have been in, are in an average of 6.53 films, so about six and a half, so one and a half films less than the overall average. And that's a big problem. Um, it's not easy to, like this isn't really a stat that I can force one way or the other. I can't exactly force myself to watch only movies that are only women in them, because one, there aren't a lot of those, and Two, you know, like a lot of my favorite female actors share this movies with men. Like, it just it's just movies. Like, that's just how they are. You don't go to, you know, it, there aren't that many movies where Ray Fiennes is in them, and there are no women. And there are no women. Those aren't very often. Uh, similarly, there aren't a lot of Greta Garbo movies that don't have men in them. Like, that's just it's very difficult. Uh, on the other hand, it would be very easy, or I guess not very easy, but significantly easier to watch a lot of movies that only have men in them. Huh. 
so the av average number of films each male actor has been in on my spreadsheet is 9.12. More than one entire movie. Uh, one entire movie more than the average across everybody. And two and a half movies more than the average female. Which is a lot, man. Like, it, it's just frustrating because, you know, I, I've seen, I, I personally, and, and, you know, this is me speaking uh, as myself and not trying to, um, not trying to, you know, like, really make an, uh, I don't know how to phrase this, but, uh, just just trying to to represent my own thoughts on this and not saying that my thoughts are necessarily correct or the right ones but that this is the way I've approached things and the way that things happen to me and I've experienced them and that and that is that like on the whole uh with some exceptions but on the whole I am generally attracted uh you know my eyes to the to the screen to female characters and female actors significantly at a significantly higher rate than male actors. Um, and more to that, uh, there are the list of females that I am excited to see in another movie is far longer than the list of males I am excited to see in another movie. It's very that's that's very plain to me for me. I, I, again, I don't think that that's the same for everybody. I probably think that that's less likely to be the case for a lot of people. But for me, like, that's generally how I, how I see things. And so it's, it's frustrating that, like, they don't make as many movies for women. They don't give women as many roles. They don't write them as, as often or generally as well uh, as they do for the male characters. And uh, these numbers bear that out. Like, I, I can't force one of the females to be in more movies than men because they're not cast in more movies than men. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's statistically impossible. Um, when, you, when you factor in that, I, that I'm going to the movie theater every day, I can't really control what I see there because I can only see what they provide, what, theaters are showing and most theaters are showing everything and when everything skews male this is what happens um so you know that's a pretty damning statistic pretty damning so next up is average uh so the average film rating for um every actor on average is 58.11 so that's kind of high, actually. I, I wish, or I don't wish, but like that number's actually gone down. Now, that number used to be above 60, um, but I've seen a lot of terrible movies, and that number has continued to drop uh, steadily. So that's pl a positive, but, you know, I mean, it's an average. Average movie is the average. Uh, for women, the average average film rating for women is 56.74. So that's 1.4 points lower. Um, so women 
on average, are in movies, on average, that are rated lower than the average. Um, now, you don't have, that's not the only way to look at that stat. So, the other aspect of it could be uh, that because women are in less movies, they are, you know, there there is a, a less, there's less variance across all the average, all the ratings, and because more movies are rated in the 25 to 49, 50s, 60s, 70s range than are rated in the 80s, 90s, 100 range, um, women tend to end up, tend to miss the 80s, 90s, 100 range more often than men do, and with a lower number of movies, uh, one bad movie is a lot more impactful to a woman's average score than it is to a man's. Because if it's a woman's fifth movie, it's worth 20% of their average film rating. But if it's a man's tenth movie, it's only worth 10%. And uh, that's a significant difference. So that's why you see women having an average film rating of 5674 while men's, a man's average film rating is 59.06, so almost a full point above the overall average, and uh, close to 60, even. And that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like the, it's, it's not only are women in less movies, but they're not given as great, as good material. They're not being... Uh, you know, you, you generally don't see as many director-actor pairings um, with a female actor as you do with a male actor. Uh, you can just look at Scorsese. How many times does he work with a female actor? The same female actor. Uh, maybe a couple times, I don't know, but like it's not as easy as saying he always works with De Niro or he always works with DiCaprio. Uh, it's it's not Steve McQueen and Michael Fassbender in Shame and, and Hunger and Twelve Years a Slave. It's um, like the, the Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day Lewis. These are things that are easy. These are the connections and the pairings that are really easy that come to mind. I don't have to even look up. But you name me one with a female, I don't know any offhand. You know, I've never really heard of that kind of a pairing before. And I'm sure there are some. I'm sure, like, there have to be. But, um, you know, maybe Noah Baumbach and, and Greta Gerwig to a certain degree. But uh, for the most part, they're not as, not as prevalent. And when you have great directors, you know, constantly going back to the same well, and that well is male... Well, you end up with Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these other and Robert De Niro and all these other people constantly getting good work from talented directors, talented writers with quality roles that are generally critically well received and end up with awards nominations and all this other stuff. And and that's great. Like that's great. I don't think we should stop doing that, but why aren't we doing more of that with women at the same in the same way, you know, our, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even know where to... I don't know. Like, can we get um, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot, Gadot to be, like, a, a duo like that? That would be awesome. I'd love to see them do more movies uh, that don't have to be Wonder Woman, but also could be Wonder Woman. Like, I loved Wonder Woman. I thought it was great. But, you know, we don't know, you know, other than Patty Jenkins being on the sequel... You know, that's not really the same thing. I want to see this partnership transcend a particular IP. And I think that would be not only good for cinema and film, um, but it would help sort of drive the industry in that direction where, you know, an actor-director partnership isn't, you know, Spielberg and Hanks. It's Jenkins and Godot. It's Gerwig and Ronan. You know, how awesome would that be? Um, I don't know. That's how I feel. All right. So now we move into the long line of um, individually rated tiers of films. So uh, this one's an easy one. But the films that I've rated 100, the average actor... Uh, is in 0.01 of them. So the number is so infinitesimal, it's probably a smidge under 100th of a movie, but it rounds to 0.01. So on average, an actor is in 0.01 movies rated 100. So like zero, basically. But for the purposes of this, we're going to go down to three decimal points for genders for the gender side of things. So women are in 0.007 films rated 100 on average. So three thousandths of a point less than the overall average, which seems negligible. I admit it does. Um, and so because this category is actually so tiny, the and because I know that there isn't a single actor, male or female, that has been in two films rated 100, I can say that there are 12 female actors that have been in a film rated 100. Just 12. Now, men, on the other hand, on average, are in .016 films rated 100. Um, now that's, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty high and actually the overall rating for average the overall average is actually 0.012 that rounds to 0 0.01 um, just to be a little bit more specific because this is such a tiny number we're dealing with so um, yeah so men are on in 0 0.016 so more than double and that ends up resulting in 41 men being in a movie rated 100 compared to the 12 women now, part of this has to do with my own personal taste. Uh, I don't rate a lot of movies 100. Six movies have a rating of 100. That's not a lot, and you really can't base much off of a sample size of six. Uh, considering one of those movies is Harakiri, which really has no women in it, um, and the other is Microcosmos, which is just a documentary. However, the narrator of that movie 
is Kristen Scott Thomas, woman. Um, and then, you know, you look at The Dark Knight, pretty male-dominated of a film, uh, between Heath Ledger and Christian Bale and Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine. Uh, a lot of men. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, a lot of men in that movie. And um, you look at Toy Story. Tom Hanks is the lead, uh, along with Tim Allen. A lot of men. John Ratzenberger. And so and so on. You know, like Toy Story has women in it, but you know, again, it's largely men. Mad Max Fury Road. One of the ones, one of the six that actually predominantly female. You know, you do have Tom Hardy, but there are a lot of women in that movie that, that I mean, that's all, that's all I really have to say. Like, there are a lot of women in that movie. Um, like Riley Keough. Uh, to scroll through here. It's not as easy. I can't really sort this perfectly what I'm looking at. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, Charlize Theron. I should have been able to say off the bat. Uh, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, who was also in Transformers, Dark of the Moon. So she's really doing swell. Abby Lee. Megan Gale. But, you know, half of these people are, haven't even been in five movies. Uh, so, you know... As great as that is, there's definitely some issues with this, at, even at its, even where it's at. And finally, the night before Christmas, um, pretty fit, pretty fifty-fifty, but I think actually skews a little more male. So again, like tough to really gauge much with a sample size of six, but um, also when the sample size is so tiny, you can actually look at the individual data points and uh, analyze them from that perspective. Uh, so let's move on to something a little bit more expansive, and that's films rated in the 90s. So the average actor on my spreadsheet has been in 0 .70 films rated in the 90s. So, you know, somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters, three uh, which is decent. Um, it's the second lowest cat, uh, film tier uh, as far as the number of uh, the average number of films that a person has in that category. Um, obviously, 100 is the lowest, so then 90 is the next lowest. And 0 .70 is pretty exclusive, all things told. Uh, but women, considerably less. Uh, so the average woman is in 0.51 films rated 90 to 99. So two-tenths less and uh, rather than saying between two-thirds and three-quarters, the average woman is in, well, I guess one out of every two women has a film rated 90 or above. And since a lot of women have more than one, that means that a considerably larger number of women have never been in a film rated 90 or above, um, let alone 90 to 99. And, uh, man, like... This kind of goes back to, um, I don't know if I talked about it on here, and if I did, I don't remember what episode, but 
the correlation between the number of how how you know you look at Meryl Streep, you know, arguably the greatest actress alive, the greatest female actor to ever live, has 20 Oscar nominations as of right now, maybe 21 uh, sometime tomorrow. We'll find out. Or, well, tomorrow from when I'm recording this, yesterday when it comes out. And there's like no one else that even has 15. And I think. And then you look at the person with the the person with the most acting Oscars is a woman, and this kind of ties into the idea that women receive um, successive nominations more often than men, uh, and not and and kind of kind of leading us toward the 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 assertion at least that. The Academy and Ampus and its infinite wisdom doesn't recognize as wide, you know, in a wide scope, the same number of women as it does men. Now, I don't think that that's actually the case, um, but just like, but I also don't feel like Meryl Streep is that much better of an actor than every other woman that's ever acted. Um, you know, I think Meryl Streep is good, a great actor, for sure. Uh, but, like, the, I, the idea that, like, easily eight of those nominations are probably undeserved. Not that they're bad performances, but that there are definitely five better performances that year that should have taken those spots away from her. And I think it's the fact that she has did get those many nominations, and that Katherine Hepburn got as many nominations as she had, and as many wins as she had, because the Oscars didn't want to invite new and newer and newer and newer and newer women into that circle. Uh, you know, I, I I think that's not unsubstantiated. So, to that degree, it, it's it's. I think a woman is more like, on as opposed to a male actor, the female actor is more than likely to have more than one or zero films rated in the 90s. Whereas uh, a male actor generally has one. Because while females average 0.51, men average 0.83 films rated between 90 and 99. Uh, close to one, um, eight-tenths, I don't know how you want to, seven-eighths, uh, yeah, five-sixths. So... Eight out of every ten men have a film rated ninety or to ninety-nine. It it just it's just like that's just how the math works out. I I can't force it. You know, there are categories on here that I could force and did force and, and we'll get to those. But um these aren't ones I can do that with. You know, I don't I never know going into a movie what it's gonna be rated coming out of it. I can go in hoping It'll be rated very highly based on the people in it, based on what I know about it, based on the subject matter, what it, the trailer, or whatever promotional material I've seen. But until I go into Lady Bird, I know that I'm going to come out of it rating it a 95. Until I go in to Phantom Thread, I don't know that I'm going to come out rating it a 69. You know, like, it's impossible to predict that. And so, you know, I can watch all the critically acclaimed... Um, films with female leads 
that I want, but that doesn't mean any of them are necessarily going to be rated between 90 and 99. And the same goes for male-led films as well. However, because there are significantly more films led by men, starring men, featuring men, men as side characters, men in the ensemble, men in cameos, they end up with far more films in pretty much every category, which, when the categories are a good thing, is a good thing. Well, is a bad thing for women, but a good thing for them, for men. Uh, so let's move on to 80s. Um, so 80 rated films rated between 80 and 89. On average, an actor has 1.15 films in this category. So more than one. Um, women, 0.91. So less than one. Uh, a difference of 2.24 uh, films on average. So a quarter of a film. Men, on the other hand, uh, 1.32. So one and a third films for men. The disparity is, you know, while the difference uh, at, at the 90s uh, category was 0.32 films between females and men, um, the difference between an 80-rated film is 0.41. So that difference has grown because uh, the category in, its, in and of itself is greater. And again, like this just kind of reinforces the point I was making about films rated between 90 and 99, is that when you're in more films, when you're given more roles, when your roles are generally better, and you're more often paired with good directors, good writers, etc., you end up with more films that are very highly rated. Um, and uh, as we move on to films rated between 70 and 79, the trend continues. This is the second most prolific category, uh, 1.25 films per person, uh, so one and a quarter. And naturally, women, just one even, flat one. Uh, men, 1.42, so uh, almost one and a half films uh, per person if you're a male. If you move on to films rated in the 60s, the last positive category, uh, it's, about the, it's about the same as 80s, so 1.15, uh, and the distribution is about the same. So females had 0.91 films and rated in the 80s, 0.92 films in the 60s, men 1.32 films in the 80s, 1.32 films in the 60s. Relatively the same, not much to add. So then we move into films rated an average rating. And this is a lower category, the third lowest of all of them. Uh, the average person has 0.92 films rated between 50 and 59. So about one, if you want to round it up a little. Men, on average, are in 1.03 films. Uh, so, again, it's higher because there's more men, but it's it's not as big of a difference as any of the other categories save for films rated 100. So, looking at films rated in the 90s, the difference between women and men was 0.32. Women in films rated between 50 and 59 average 0.77 films, so 0.15 less than actors as a whole, but 0.26 films less than men. 
so that's a smaller gap than the films rated between 90 and 99. And that is telling. So obviously I don't pretend to be the you know, final authority on what how good a film is, but you know, when I you know, these are all based on my own evaluations, and I would say that if anything, I would probably overrate uh, films with women in them as opposed to films with men. Not that I think I do either, not that I think I do that, but I would say that if I was overrating men or women on one side or the other, it was probably it would probably be women. And the simple fact is that based on these statistics, the difference between uh, women and men in good and in incredible, amazing masterpiece movies is greater than the difference between men and women in meh, average women, average movies. And that indicates to me that... Um, women are more likely to be considered for a movie and considered for a role and roles are more likely to be rewritten and uh, altered into female characters from male characters the worse a movie is. Now I I know that's not a direct comparison, direct correlation but I do think that that is a significant and potential interpretation of these numbers. And I, I, I obviously have literally no idea about like how roles are changed to fit a different gender, why they're changed for a different gender, um, or whatever. But I'm just going to say that I think that that is potentially a thing, and that it's... It's sad. Like it's it's really irritating that this is the state of the reality of acting and the film industry for actors at this time. Like I, I just don't I don't know why it is the way it is. I think I don't know. I I think you know we 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 we. We sort of, we worship award shows, and, you know, we make such a big deal and such a big fuss about the red carpet. The red carpet, the red carpet. And at the end of the day, really what the red carpet is, is looking at what women are wearing. Which, in and of itself, is fine. Like, I get that not only, like, I, I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing, because one, um... Men are all dressed the same, for the most part. Uh, two, what women are wearing is generally, to some degree, an advertisement for the um, fashion designer who created the dress or look that this woman is wearing. And showing it to the public, showing it to the other people around her, showing it to um, everyone is a way to uh, publicly um, display and support and, and, and further the career of said fashion designer, said dressmaker. Uh, so I, I, in that respect and in that side of things, I, fo- I, you know, I get it and I think that's fine. 
I think the problems arise from, you know, reducing the actor to what they're wearing. Like, that is where the problems arise. Now, on the other side of things, you, we, we sort of, to, to, to sort of tie this back in, I think, let me see if I, if I can try and, and, and draw the connection I was making when I started this thought, uh, you, you, you end up with women showing up to award shows, you know, like peacocks, you know, dressed in vibrant colors, dressed with gowns, dressed with um, jewelry and, and sparkles and, you know, the, the, they draw the attention of everyone around them. And men don't. They're wearing a tux, they're wearing a suit. Um, it's pretty much it. Like, that's generally the extent of it. And so it doesn't make sense that we don't want to use that publicity and use those the, the, the way that the eyes are drawn to like support and, and, and promote films. I, I just it doesn't I don't understand it because you know the way the ultimately more films are sold by men than women based on these numbers like based on the fact that men are in more movies more men you know more move more good movies are being attributed to men than to women uh you know you would think that more films would try to use women and not use but like but like uh uh, how do i want to phrase it more films would try to incorporate women in an effort to improve uh, the perception of the movie, and imp- you know, we, we as a society, like the red carpets are the perfect example. Like we as a society are far more drawn to women and the way they look and the way they act and the way they speak and what they do than we are to the men because one, we aren't as critical and uh, we don't scrutinize the men as much, which we should, but um, different conversation and. But two, because we're enamored by them, because we're, you know, we're uh, um, infatuated with them. And to a certain degree, you know, a lot of movies are marketed on that basis. But I think that largely they aren't like like to to the extent that, you know, we care far more about the women than the men. um in this example, the correlation is doesn't exist in the movies that come out. And I do think that we are trending towards um, a more equal playing field in that respect, but it has taken a long, long time to get us there. So, okay, next thing. The most prolific category is the 25 to 49 range. These are bad movies. So, Having a higher number here is actually a bad thing. Um, And this is actually the most disparate uh, range between men and women. So 25 to 49, on average, a person has 1.74 of these films. So one and three quarters. Men, 
uh, 1.96, so almost 2. And women, 1.43, so less than 1.5, uh, which makes the total difference 0.53, so more than half a film. And that is the biggest difference among all of these. And mostly that's because the category itself is so much, one, wider in that it captures a greater range of ratings, but two, because it's it's so much more prolific, the range is just generally going to be higher. And it's 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 really it's kind of a double-edged sword. So if women are in less movies, then yeah, there are less good movies with women in them. But there are also less bad movies with women in them. And that definitely isn't worth not having more good movies with women in them. I'd, you know, I will take that trade-off every day of the week uh, to make things, you know, more equal, um, if possible. But it is something that needs to be said because I think that while, well, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these movies. And a lot of these roles and, and like these kind of trashy movies, you know, women constantly set up in these awful rom-com movies and like these Mother's Day movies and stuff um, that, that just that really just don't work. And it's really just real bad and just unfortunate and should never been made and, and just kind of wasting talent. You would think how many of those you see that they would end up, you know, really dragging down this, this, this number, or rather in, inflating it, for that matter. Uh, but, but, and actually, we fail to consider just the fact that there are so many, so many bad, like, male-driven movies, action movies, um, horror movies, well, horror movies kind of apply to both, but, like, particularly action movies, you know, you, you don't, and I think the reason we don't think of that is because men, as viewers, as audience members, generally don't care how bad an action movie is, and they'll go see it. Just look at The Commuter. It made way more money than it deserves to. Just look at 12 Strong, war movies, huge, huge genre that makes, one, too much movie, too much money, uh, two, is too prolific with its movies, um, and also, generally, being about men is is just further perpetrating uh, the idea that, like, to be a hardened and uh, buff warrior, you kind of have to be a man, which is irritating. Another day. Um, but But at the same time, like, men will go see those movies... Because they don't care about the quality as long as they see big guys with big guns and big explosions. I think that's silly because there are plenty of fantastic action movies. Um, I wish we had like the restraint to not push one out like every week. Um, but we don't. And it's it's... It's a shame because those movies make the money. Like The Foreigner, 
has no business making money, and it made tons of money, far more money than it deserves to make. Uh, that's you know that's within the last two months or so, I think. Uh, maybe three. Maybe it's longer than that. Farner was a little longer than that, I think. I'm misremembering it. But ultimately, as much as I feel like this entire sort of episode is kind of not nearly as structured as I wanted it to be, but I don't... One, I don't really have the time uh, to really formulate this argument in, like, an essay format, but also, two, like... I think I'm making decent points, but at the end of the day, the fact that men are in, like, the, the difference between the number of bad movies men are in and, and ultimately the number of awful movies men are in as compared to the number of movies of the same value that women are in is not, does not make up for the amount of movies, amount of movies they are in that are good as compared to the number of movies that are good women are in. It just, you'll see, it does not, it does not balance itself out. Uh, so f- so let's move on to the last category here for, for film ratings, which is the 0 to 24 category. So the truly, truly shitty movies. Um, the average person, the average actor, is in 1.13 uh, of these movies. Big step down from the 25 to 49 range. And men are in 1.23, so one-tenth of a point higher. Uh, Females are in 0.985, so less than one each, uh, which ends up being a difference of 0.245 between females and, and males, which is a much smaller gap. So 1.13 is not so different from 1.15. When you look at the number average number of films rated in the 60s and 80s that average actors in. However, while the difference between the 80s and 60s ranges for men and women were pretty much the exact same, the differences um, at the 0 to 24 range are a lot closer. And this is this is a big uh, issue. So the difference in the 80s and 60s between men and women was about four tenths of a point. And in the 0 to 24 range, it's 0.25 points rounded up. And that means that on average, um, the disparity at the lower end of the spectrum is smaller. So, um, think of it like, um, think of it like two trees. This is a terrible analogy. Think of it like two, um, ferns. Mm, That might be too hard to picture. Um, I'm trying to think. Think of it like a Christmas tree. Okay, this is better. Better than just trees. Men have their tree decorated to the nines, top to bottom. So the top, big, big, bright, glowing star, tons of balls, naturally. Um, tons of, you know, lights and, and, and tinsel and everything is on this tree for the men. From top to bottom. So, like, plenty of shitty stuff, but plenty of incredible stuff as well. On the women's tree, just as many shitty things decorated. 
at the bottom, just as many things hanging low. Um, but the higher you go up the tree, the less dense the decorations get as compared to the male's tree. That is the problem. They both start off from relatively the same spot um, compared to the total number of people. Uh, and yet, the further up they go, the greater the distance becomes. And that's that's a substantial problem. So what that indicates is that like if there's an awful movie lying around, women are probably as likely as men to be part of it. But the better the screenplay is, the more likely the movie is to be good, the more likely the movie is to make money, the more likely the movie is to win awards, the less likely it is to feature a woman, to star a woman, to include multiple women in its cast, to pass the Bechdel test. And that, in and of itself, is a big problem. Like, that's a really big problem. You know, where is the female godfather? Uh, You know, that is... You know, we should have had it years ago. It, it, we should have had twenty of them by now. Um, it just, it just boggles my mind that, and and this is something that I really can't judge from my own point of view because, you know, how could I possibly put myself in the mindset of someone who was born in in the eighteen hundreds or the early nineteen hundreds? Because to me, someone born in the early 1990s, it doesn't, I can't, I literally cannot wrap my head around the idea and the notion of, of treating half of our, half of our species unfairly. And not, not just in this respect, literally in any respect, wages, opportunities, advancement, positions, what have you, doesn't matter. Um, but focusing sp- solely on acting in movies, it seems ludicrous that when we have a Best Lead Actress and Lead Actor Award, Best Supporting Actor and Supporting Actress Award, at l- pretty much every awards show, I don't think there's a single, like, other than like women's um, like critics groups or something like that, I don't think there's a single group of critics, a single award show that um, disproportionately awards men as opposed to women based on the specific category title. And yet the numbers just don't bear out that the number of films being made uh, are, are equivalent to that number. And to that degree, like it's surprising and, and, great to think of like I know for me looking at this year's circle of film awards and working out my top five lead actor lead act uh, lead male and lead females performances it's been one it's been really difficult because there's so many good performances this year but two there are so many great incredible female performances I know I can't fit them all in the five slots and it kills me that I can't put everyone I want into that category. And that's coming from a year where I know if I did the math and went, and like if someone did the math, not me, added up the total number of 
lead roles given to men and women in 2017 films, there would be more male-led films than female-led films. I just, I believe that wholeheartedly. And the fact that, in my opinion, there are money, that like, if you compare the, at least my five, but even if you probably compare like whatever the Oscar five are that came out yesterday to, you know, the top five lead female performances to the top five male performances, I would say that the females definitely outpaced and outperformed the men this year in this category and with these particular performances at the top. And to not, for that to not gain the respect of the industry to yield more female-led films, to give us greater and more important movies. Like we, God, I went and saw 12 Strong over the weekend. And it's the umpteenth film we've seen. I've seen about the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, since 9-11 happened. Not that that's not an important tragedy. Not that there aren't great stories to be told from that war. But I've seen so many of them. And yet, like, none of them, save for, like, two, deal with women. Like, it's pretty much Megan Levy and Zero Dark Thirty. And both of those films are predominantly male casts with one female, the lead, for the most part. Uh, I'm sure there are others that I'm not remembering, but that's what what comes to mind. And it just, ah, (laughs) we need to fix this problem because it is a problem. It is a big problem. Man. Okay, so... Moving away from what rating a film has, let's look at the Oscar situation. Now, I haven't seen all the Oscar-nominated films, but for the most part, as far as nominations go, I haven't focused on one gender over the other or one category over another. And so I've generally been watching films that I've wanted to see, films that have appealed to me, and films that have won more, who have been nominated for multiple Oscars as opposed to single Oscars, all right? Now, the average actor has 0.22 Oscar nominations. So one out of every five actors on the spreadsheet has has an Oscar nomination, roughly. But for women, that number's actually higher. It's 0.26. So because there are less women, it's a much denser situation. And for men, because there are more men, the number is 0.19. So the average man on my spreadsheet is less likely to have an Oscar nomination than the average woman. That's pretty good, right? Um, Well, kind of. Uh, again, that's because there are less significantly less women on the spreadsheet. But the problem is the total number of nominations that I've seen from each gender. Now, if if you know if my films that I'd seen were perfectly random, 
then ideally these numbers would be the same. I would have seen the same number of female nominated performances as I've seen male nominated performances. But that's not the case. It's close. Like it's not a huge disparity, but it's close. Uh, I've seen 472 performances from females that were nominated for an Oscar. And I have seen 491 performances that were nominated for an Oscar from male actors. Uh, so that's only a difference of 19. And when you're talking about 500, 19 isn't a big, big difference. What does make that seem a bit bigger than you would think is the, is the fact that in the last like three months or so, I've watched literally every female lead actor Oscar winning performance except for like two. Uh, so I've definitely gone out of my way to watch more women performances that have been nominated for Oscars than men. And still that number leans toward men because, uh, again, better films, better, better roles, more men in them. Uh, and what is generally the case, the films nominated for Best Lead Female, Best Female Supporting, are often uh, not nominated for Best Picture, don't always get multiple nominations, usually are movies like Still Alice, which get like no other nominations, I don't think. Um, you know, you end up with all these films for Meryl Streep that only got nominations for her because... They really shouldn't have gotten nominations at all. And it's 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 just, you know, it, it just, the numbers never work out in a pleasing way. They just don't. You can't skew this to say that it's a good thing. Because for someone like me, who has seen so many movies and has kept such rigorous statistics, it's dis it's depressing when I look at the numbers and I realize, man, 50, I think 6, 5,700 movies in, 5,561 5, movies as of right now, 5,561 movies in, and despite like trying to watch more Oscar-nominated performances from women, I've still seen more from men. And I would say that within the last three or four months, I've seen at least 40, maybe 50 more Oscar-nominated performances from women than men in that time, span, time frame. 50 more. So, like, the disparity was, like, almost 80, uh, you know, six months ago. And it's only 20 now, but... It took some work getting there, and we still haven't even broken even. But let's move on to wins, because this is where we finally see something good. Uh, so the average actor has 0 .06 Oscar wins on my spreadsheet. So out of the 4,383 people, 6 out of every 100 of them win an Oscar, on average. And because less people win multiple Oscars than are nominated for multiple Oscars, uh, that stat actually like works out a lot better than the nominations one does with one in five. Now, men win 0.05 Oscars on average, so slightly less. Uh, 
and women 0 0.08 on average. And again, part of this is con resides in that there are less women on the spreadsheet, but when you add all the wins and, and up between genders, I have seen 118 Oscar-winning performances from men. Pretty good. Um, a lot to go, but but that's pretty good. Uh, whereas I've seen 148 Oscar-winning performances from women. 30 more. That's substantial. That is huge. When the difference is 30 and the numbers are 120 and 150, that's a uh, that's a 25% increase over men. Now, yes, I did force my I did kind of focus on female winning performances. That has a lot to do with it. The number was previously smaller. But at the moment, that's fantastic. Um, like, I've sought out those movies. I'm happy to have done so. A lot of them were really good. The performances are fantastic. And yet, um, didn't really close the gap on the number of actors, the disparity between men and women on my spreadsheet. Like, it didn't really add more people uh, in that respect. Because, again, so many female, so many female actors are nominated multiple times, win multiple times, as opposed to men. Actually, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, um, now that I'm thinking about it. It's probably less the case than I'm thinking about it. But that being said, I'm happy to have that number. I can't really base a lot of stats off of that, or a lot of extrapolation off that, because I did kind of force this number specifically into the situation it is. All I can kind of do is look at it and be happy that it is what it is and uh, move on to the next thing. So two more categories to go. The second to last category is value. So what value means is it takes a relatively arbitrary number and assigns it to a range of ratings. So all those range of rating tiers that we had... If a movie's rated 100, it's worth 3 points. If it's rated 90 to 99, it's worth 2 points. 80s, 1.5, 70s, 1, 60s, half, 50s, 0. 25 to 49, negative 1. And 20, 0 to 24, negative 2. Follow? Good. So what that means is that to, say, use um, Lauren Bacall as an example because I can see her name right here. She's been in seven movies, two rated in the 80s, that's a point each. Or no, that's uh, one and a half points each. One movie in the 70s, that's another point. Uh, three movies in the 60s, that's another point and a half. So uh, on the positive side of things, she has three, four, five and a half points for value. Uh, she also has one movie rated in the 50s, that's worth nothing. No other movies rated below that, so she ends up with a value of five and a half. Solid. I mean, it's it's simple to calculate. Um, or you can look at somebody like Sadie Sandler, who I believe is one of Adam Sandler's daughters. She's been in 12 movies, one rated in the 60s, so plus half a point, three rated between 25 and 49, minus three points, and eight rated between zero and 24, minus 16 points, which gives her a total value of negative 18 and a half. 
one of the lowest values going. And so you have people falling anywhere between those ranges. Uh, I think, and currently the highest um, value is I think 43, uh, and the lowest value is like negative 30. So those are the like outliers. The average value for a person on my spreadsheet is 0.99, so one. The average person averaging, taking the values of all the films they've been in ends up at one. Uh, so if a person is in just one movie, on average, that movie is rated between 70 and 79, which is borne out because that is the second highest tier that a movie is in. Um, and would probably be the highest tier if every tier was broken down into increments of 10, I think. So to that end, that's pretty good. I'd say that's good. That means that a lot of movies have been good and actors are generally in good movies. We like that. For women, the average value is 0.47. So less than half of what the average average value is for everyone. And for men, the average value is 1.35. Um, so almost a full point higher than a woman. And uh, that's pretty frustrating. But that's not the worst part of it. So taking that a step further, I added up, or I took the sum of all the values for women and all the values for men. Uh, so basically you're taking the average value for females and males and multiplying it by the total number of males and females, you end up with a pretty staggering difference. So the total value of every female actor on my spreadsheet, if you sum them all up, is 850 to the good. So positive, significantly positive, big space, um, a lot of good movies, overwhelming you would think. Uh, you do the same thing for men, you end up with 3,493. Or four times as high. Four times. I mean, it's just, it just, it's so depressing, but a man has four times as much quote-unquote value as a woman on my spreadsheet, as an actor, like that's irritating and frustrating to no end. Um, and I, I like, I can't fix it, you know? I, I just I can't. They're just, one, I can't really pinpoint films that have more women in than men in them based on the names of my spreadsheet. I don't have any sort of algorithms that can pull those numbers for me. And Two, uh, I'm personally obligated to watch so many films already that like I don't have a choice to watch whether or not to watch them that it would make any like conscious decisions in that regard moot almost. So, man, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at with that. So moving on from value. Uh, to the final category here, which is score. So this takes your value, adds it to a formula that factors your average film rating 
based on the total number of movies you've seen. And the average person on my spreadsheet has a score of 42.8. Now, if you had a score of 42.8, you would be ranked right about um, 2,247th. You know, around the middle. And as it turns out, the average female has a score of 39.08. So three and a half, almost four points less than the total average. The average male has a score of 45.40, uh, two and a half points more, with the total difference being 6.32 points between females and males. Uh, and that's, well, here's the thing, like, Again, like that's not telling us anything we haven't already discussed. So the ultimate test is to how that yields results, right? Like the ultimate question is what that means for the actual um, rankings. And that's where there's a little bit more hope uh, than the numbers really tell us. So, while women are definitely below men, statistically, in every category that really matters that I couldn't tamper with, the top three people on my acting spreadsheet are all women. Sherry Lynn, Bess Flowers, Helena Bonham Carter. One, two, and three, statistically. And four of the top six are also women when you add in Kate Blanchett. Uh, so, despite the huge disparities in many of these categories, 40% of the top 100, 46% of the top 10, 66% of the top 6, and 100% of the top 3 are women. That's great. Like, that's a really good... I mean, that's far more equal than pretty much any of the other numbers we talked about. But then you start to, you know, extrapolate a little bit more. 5 of the top 25, so... 20% are women. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11 of the top 50, so about 20% still. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 of the top 100. So a little bit more now, 25% of the top 100 actors are women. Um, we end up getting up to 50 actors that are women in the top 200, uh, so 25%, but that's kind of where the number stays, uh, somewhere in the 25% range toward the top. At the bottom, uh, we have a lot of, little bit more of a problem. So the worst actor on my spreadsheet is Dan Patrick. He's been in 16 films, one good one, uh, one okay one, three bad ones, and 11 awful ones. Um, so he has a total score of negative 6.72, almost five points lower than anyone else, uh, which is really funny to me. But outside of that, looking at the bottom, let's, let's say 39 people on my spreadsheet. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... 29 of them are women, uh, including such names as Jessica Simpson, 
Constance Zimmer, Helen Slater, uh, Cheryl Hines, Catherine McPhee, Ashanti, Jessica Alba, Sarah Chalk, Gabriella Wilde, uh, Gia Mantegna, Sadie Sandler, um, Ariana Grande, Whitney Cummings, Demi Lovato. Not great. Um, it's it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like, my throat's a little dry. Okay, I feel like I'm running on empty on this topic, but statistically, the kind of, let's let's sum this all up. Let's let's put a cap, ribbon, bow on this whole thing. Statistically, women are in less movies across the board in every category than men. Statistically, women are undervalued. Women have a lower score and are more likely to overwhelm the number of men the lower you get in the rankings. In the top thousand, you know, you're going to have, I think, somewhere between like 100 and 200 women. But in the bottom thousand, you probably have six to 700 women, if not more. And I, I wish... You know, I can totally force someone like, uh, let's look at, looking at like the 500 range, I could totally force someone like Michelle Pfeiffer higher up the rankings. I think I could. Um, I'd have a good good chance of doing that. But I can't force every woman, like it would, the amount of time it would take to get enough women up to the top of the, the leaderboard to like really make things feel equal uh, it's just not feasible. Not with the amount of films I'm watching and the necessity to watch new films, which have so many, there's so, just too many bad films and they have too many women in them. That is the problem. There aren't enough good films with women in them. And there aren't enough good roles for women. They're not writing, they're not writing enough women into roles. They're not, um, advertising women in popular movies like look proud mary is not a good movie it's pretty shit but it is a female-led action movie that got no press that got did not screen early for critics um, tanked at the box office and i don't think the movie's good but they didn't even try they didn't even put it forth the effort to market it the way that liam neeson is marketed for the commuter which is just as bad not just okay commuter's bet the commuter is better than proud mary but they're both bad okay like that's the thing they're both bad movies but because liam neeson was in one of them it got press it got commercials it got press screenings it got early movies and it got put butts in seats because proud mary was helmed by a woman and it's not because of this but you know you know, spinning the facts to suit your narrative is kind of what people do. Proud Mary was held by a woman, saw none of those things, and because of that is not making any money, relatively speaking. And because, you know, Taraji P. Henson, who's a huge name, who is a very well-known and respected and loved actor, and, like, I don't know why we couldn't afford her the same courtesy we afford fucking Liam Neeson in his umpteenth you know, taken ripoff 
I just don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. At me on Twitter if you want to fight me about any of the things I said. Um, or at me on Twitter or email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com or at circleoffilm if you want to offer forth more data that you have that either corroborates or, or um, works against what I've been talking about. Lend your voice to the conversation because the more we talk about it, the more chance there is about it changing. You know, what's what's Francis McDormand saying? Three billboards. The more you keep something in the public's eye, the better the chance there is of it getting fixed or something to that degree. Like that's true. The, we can't let the Times Up uh, movement die. We have to keep talking about it. We have to keep bringing it up. We have to keep it at the forefront or if we if we just let it slip away for a moment we could lose all the work we've we've done up until this point and that would be a travesty that would be an absolute travesty uh so feel free to contact me on those things uh if you want to check out the show uh the website circleoffilm.com circle of film awards uh almost finished uh, real close to finalizing the 2017 Film Awards, um, making some final last-minute adjustments. They don't always show up on the page because some of them are just rankings within the five, but we're getting close to that episode. Oscar nominations came out yesterday. I still don't know them as I'm recording this, so I might be more or less pleased uh, by this point tomorrow, today, now. Than I was recording this. We'll see. And uh, if you'd like to support the show in a monetary fashion, you can do so at patreon.com slash circle of film. We are always accepting new donations. Uh, I don't know. I'm not begging you for your money, but it's an option. Um, thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute So long